I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Good day to you. My name is Sean W. Keaveney. This is another edition of Sean Keaveney's Creative Cul-de-Sac. I don't know what edition it is because just to fill you in, can you fill me in? Can you fill me in? We um, are recording. What I'm doing is I'm stacking these up at the moment. I don't like to tell you exactly what time of year it is because this will date this episode a little. But by the time you listen to this, probably, Sean Keevan's Creative Cul-de-Sac will be top five across the world podcast, you know, nestling up to Joe Rogan's nutsack. I've never listened to it. I don't know what you sound like. Not as good as this. But the point is, whilst I'm recording it, it's all hubris because me and my mate Clive and Ben, of course, are doing this um, in the hope that it becomes a huge success. So we're stacking them up. Um, you know, eventually we'll be doing one on Tuesday, it'll be out on Friday, it'll be at the top of the bestsellers list on Saturday. But for now, you know, we're doing it in the hope of getting to that point. So there's a long-winded way of me saying that this is a fuel crisis special, which dates this particular episode, if you're interested, fact fans, to the 6th of October 21. Um, and the reason I mentioned the fuel crisis is that it's kind of it'll seem quite quaint probably by the time you listen to this. You like, oh, remember the fuel crisis when you lived in London? You couldn't get fucking fuel for love nor money, and people were fighting in the street for it. Yeah, that's really happening. I haven't seen uh, fuel in uh, a petrol station for eight days now. Luckily, we've got a hybrid car, which means that I can get eighteen miles on a, a seven-hour charge. Jesus. So, there you go, it's a fuel crisis special and that probably informs my slightly grumpy mood. Fuel crisis, by the way, I must caveat what I'm saying, that I repeat is not, I repeat, is not anything to do with the Conservative leadership, the ERG, uh, pseudo-racist foreign policy, greed, avarice, uh, a country's supremely distorted sense of importance and power, not anything to do with governmental mismanagement, cronies and gaslighting, deliberate lying and incompetence it is the fault of that guy who was photographed filling three jerry cans of diesel two weeks ago it's his fault he's to blame it's nothing to do with any of the people i've just mentioned so on today's episode of the fuel crisis special dun 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 sean keaton's creative cul-de-sac um i am going to um bring you another uh, 
sort of pseudo I've said pseudo twice in 90 seconds I've got a mini featurette going on at the moment which is filth in filth in 50s rock and roll songs and uh, blues songs of the 40s and 50s sort of um, unpacking the codified sexual language of some of those songs so as you hear I can hear get the guitar I've got my trusty Yamaha with built in reverb thank you Johnny Marr to play that um, I've got a very couple of short bits, uh, a great podcast idea, a tiny rant about roller coasters. Um, if I get round to it, I just found my 2009 diary. I was just going to read through a few entries of that. Not that I've written any sort of uh, Michael Palin style entries. It's just interesting to see how busy I was that year and how much, how often I could afford to go to the personal trainer 12 years ago. Not that that feels like a defeat at all, that I can't know. And very excitingly, I found the Book of Genesis. If anybody's listening who's a fan of the radio shows, they will know that at the start of my afternoon show in 2019, I started a Book of Genesis in which I wrote all the ideas that you, the listener, brought to me. Um, you know, the ideas for the show. So I'm going to do a little reading out of that. This intro's taken uh, nearly a, a third of the time that was supposed to be allocated for this whole piece, so I better crack on. Um, so, what first? Let's let's have a look at um, my little bits and bobs here. This is iPhone shit, and um, what I've written here uh, in my iPhone notes most recently. This is my mini roller coaster rant. It's very short; it'll only take about ten seconds, and it is titled "Fuck Off Roller Coasters." Thank you. Still not worked out how to turn that off. I've written here, I am not a thrill seeker. I don't need to be taken to the edge of death to feel alive. And this, I think, is a rant also about things like uh, bungee jumping, you know, that kind of thing. Skydiving, that kind of thing. I have to live every conscious moment in the knowledge that I am close to death. I repeat, fuck off roller coasters. So that's like a sort of mini poem, isn't it? Entitled, I mean, if Caroline Duffy had done that, oh, she'd be getting all kinds of being etched into a fucking piece of stone in St. Paul's Cathedral, wouldn't it, if she'd done it? Fuck off roller coasters by Sean Keaveney, that was. So I thought that was good. I've also written another very simple idea down, which is not an idea, it's just a fact. I am now at the age where I think a decent use of my time is to register products that I've just bought. You know when you get you buy a new dishwasher or you buy a new laptop and it's like, register your dishwasher stroke laptop and you can get a 12-month warranty. Never used to fucking bother doing that, didn't have the time. But ironically now I have technically less time because I'm older, I'm close to death. I'm spending more time registering products because, I don't know, deep-seated fear of things going wrong. Not that anything else is going wrong in my life or in the world, of course. It's all pretty peachy out there, isn't it? And getting through quite a lot in a short space of time here. This is a very new... This is my latest entry in, in my iPhone notes. But I like this one. This is a great new idea for a podcast. Right? It's basically a roast-style chat between two people, right? Oh, nothing new about that, no. 
suppose there isn't. But it's a good title. Discuss, right? Dis stroke cuss. So you're dissing somebody, you're cussing somebody. But discuss is a word, you're discussing things. It's genius. I concur. It's brilliant. So what remains in the time we've got left is a little look at the book of Genesis. I don't know, Ben, if you can put a little bit of, of echo on that when I say the book of Genesis. Put me on echo on it. Now. Here it is. Um, it's a turquoise book. I'm colorblind. Could be blue, could be purple for all I fucking know. And as I say, this is the book that I started my afternoon show with, January 2019, uh, hubristically thinking I'd be doing it for years. <laughs> no, there's no bitterness there. There is. Um, and it was, it was full of, as I as I sat there, if, if I had an idea, if Phil had an idea, if Matt had an idea, or if any of the listeners had an idea that they thought was going to write it down. And so there's all kinds of shite in here, um, which is, I think, quite interesting. But am I right? I, don't, I mean, a lot of it's completely unreadable. People think, this is from the 23rd of the 1st, 2019. Uh, on that day, apparently, it was a Wednesday. One of the things that we rolled up to the listeners was, what are you not doing? Which is a classic Keevney uh, feeder, I think. And it says underneath, people think we're not, but we are working hard on this show. <laughs> Don't laugh. Uh, Davos, I've written, the kind of geniuses we are working with are top level. Yet another expensive but necessary plane journey to Davos to get an hour's troubleshooting with these huge wigs. I think what I'm suggesting is that Phil and I uh, were spending hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of license to repay money flying out to Davos to have high-level meetings with the top boffins of the world to get come up with crap ideas for my radio show. <laughs> Which is quite funny, I think. Isn't it? There's a page here. I sort of remember. I think. I think I remember saying this on air, though. Plumbers, Christ! Did the Romans invent plumbing? I applaud them all. To sit in a house and think, I'm going to run tiny pipes all over this place to make it hot water run all around it, and make it warm, and make hot water come out of holes. Where are you going to put these pipes? I'm going to have to take off the walls and the floors to do it. I can't be asked. I'll buy a big jacket. Says somebody. No, we will do this. They will be like veins, and the boiler is the heart. Brilliant, Sean. Absolutely brilliant. Great thoughts. Dead pathetic. Oh, here he is. Fucking hell. I thought I got away with it. What am... You see, actually, today you sound like Max from uh, Heart to Heart. What the man? Fuck you. That's better. You're sitting there like a little pussy reading, reading your book of Genesis bullshit. From your old fucking show that you can't let go of. Listen, I am just using it as material for my next project, which will be arguably bigger. You fucking think? I do think. You're a, that's pathetic. Okay, you fuck. You need money right now. Oh, here we go. No, I'm all right for money for the moment, actually. Come January, you'll know where you're going to go. Get your fucking one-way ticket to Southampton to the docks. You're going to suck up some sailors, motherfucker. Oh. Anyway, uh, you know, 
there's this is interesting i think um there's a little bit we must be in like eight weeks into the radio show in the afternoons where i've put uh, first break thoughts so this must be my first holiday you know in february or march so i used to have february holidays every few weeks your confidence has been knocked but that's okay it is understandable in fact but you need to keep the faith still i feel your role is now even more defined and necessary retain the daftness go dafter don't be scared to find new dafts it's quite deep isn't it clips and characters and voices and ideas don't hold back push the daft forward so you know it was only a bit of a crisis then but fast forward to the 10th of april and i say this not had an entry for ages brackets sid james i suppose this could be a comfort like the stabilizers that have now been removed the last few shows have been particularly comfortable it feels like the evidence is fine i finally accept the audience finally accepts the change and what's more enjoy the difference Am I doing anything different? I don't know. Maybe I am. If anything, I'm a bit more free. That may be my imagination. Do we even need a quiz element? Did we have a quiz element? I don't fucking remember it. Not sure we do. I do remember now, Phil and I thought that we needed like a big quiz or something. We never got round to it, as far as I can remember. Do we even need a... Yeah, I've just read that. You fuck. Uh, uh, as I predicted, if we do, it could be purely daft. A lot of reliance on daftness here. And not involve skill. What is anything I ever done ever did? That didn't make sense. In my stronger moments, I feel like the idea of not pandering to anybody. For instance, having Howard Donald on was great. Oh, remember, we had Howard from Take That On. That was well cool. Pissed a few purists off, and that's a good thing. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Pages, leaves from the book of Genesis, uh, chipped in stone and handed down by Moses. Fantastic, phenomenal, very, very interesting. I'm sure you'll agree. I don't think so, my friend. I think if you carry on like this, you'll be down the docks quicker than you can say, suck my balls. Fuck you, Mark Maron. Um, now it's time for a wonderful guest to plunder their own archives, their own unrealised ideas, their notebooks full of shite on today's Sean Keaveney's cultural cul-de-sac you fucking done now yes the next esteemed guest to reverse down our creative cul-de-sac is a man who is two ideas what paul hollywood is to cake He's an endless gush. He's like an uncapped oil well aflame in a Gulf state, beckoned as the pre-industrial Amazon. His credits include everything from investing... Investing dead ringers? Inventing dead ringers to writing Stephen Fry's BAFTA dialogue, inventing a myriad of other satirical radio shows like The Skewer, helming countless prestigious radio shows and being sacked from many of them for ill behaviour, as Tim Davey might call it, all whilst having the boyish and unthreatening countenance of a young student teacher, as yet unsullied by cynicism. The man has two BAFTAs, for crying out loud, nine Sony Radio Awards. In fact, he has so many awards that the shelf in his office won a Strongest Shelf Award from Wix in 2019. It is broadcasting's John Holmes. Uh, don't. I mean, we feel old. I mean, you know, you look boyish. I just feel old now. I mean, you've made me feel old by doing that. I've just come weirdly. I've just been working in in primary schools doing a, 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 a idea. We'll go straight in. An idea I had that's actually come to fruition 
right, was what if, what if uh, eight and nine-year-old children, right, wrote and performed a comedy, a 10-part comedy sketch show series for the radio. And lo, it has come to pass. So I've now been in the schools trying to record children uh, with a load of kit I'm having to take in uh, doing comedy sketches. It's mad, honestly. It's like, what am I doing? Wait a minute then. So th- this actually yeah. reminds me of, of uh, and I know you won't mind me doing this, like dwelling on some of the times where you've been hilariously let go from jobs. <laughs> but there was that time when you got yeah. that record fine for getting a kid to, it was like right. sweary, sweary hangman, wasn't it? It reminds me a bit of that. So That's tell right, me, yeah. do, do they write the sketches <laughs> as well or do they just perform the sketches? No, they wrote them as well. Yeah, yeah. Hence, I mean, if I'd written them, obviously they'd be unbroadcastable, as you just alluded to. But no, the kids have written them themselves. I mean, but I don't. Honestly, I've been so surprised by it. Like, like, because they're they're on it with like like government jokes. Like, there's there's a whole some kids yesterday did one where it's set in a hairdresser's where Boris is getting his hair cut and arguing about parties or not. And these kids are like eight, and they are totally on the ball. It's I'm like, well, fine, yeah, good. They're the future of satire, Keevney. That's what they are. So you you aren't you are that's it. You are nurturing the future of satire and putting putting us out of a job. You're putting Bam. yourself out of a job. I'm not really a satirist. I don't know what the I don't know what the hell I am. I'm a, I'm a satayist. I think I, I make a decent <laughs> peanut butter satay. It's me. You're about to hear an advert. Now, if you want to listen to the podcast ad free and my Friday radio show, all you got to do is sign up to the Patreon if you fancy. Not if you don't. Uh, but if you do, the link is in the episode notes. Carry on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, can I ask you a very prosaic question to begin with, right? Because we had Greg James on and we were talking about the wonder of radio. We were talking, you know, everything's different. Everything's constantly moving forward. But when you have to fill three hours a day, what what happens to, to the, the humorist's brain in that situation? When I was at six doing, and that was, I just did Saturdays, right? Um, and uh, And I remember having a conversation with the boss at the time 
uh, who Bob Shannon, his name was, right? And he was in charge of Radio 2 and 6 always, always, car- always had a cup of tea always like that. Always had a cup of tea like that. And I sat down with him and I said, look, I've had an offer from XFM to go and uh, do breakfast. What do you think? Because I was a BBC lad, you know. I was sort of like, I had worked for commercial, but, you know. And so I sort of said, well, is there anything, you know, is there anything more here, you know? Because I do Saturdays and it's fine. Uh, and, I'm do- and I was doing the occasional sitting on Radio 2 stuff. And I said, but is there anything concrete here or am I just the you know and he said well look I don't have a regular thing for you and he said and he said in actual fact you know I've I know your show right I don't think you could do your show on a daily basis right because it's so packed full of stuff and he said but this is an opportunity to prove the likes of me wrong so I think you should go and do the breakfast apart from the fact that the the the, you know the money is probably better isn't it I went yep so uh so so I went and did that on a daily basis and and you know and then before I had a chance to call him up and say, see, I can do that. Can I have a job, please? He left. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. I know. That's what always He's going to rub his face in that. I know. But it is, it's just such an exhausting treadmill, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But it's not just the radio. I mean, we can come to some of those bits, but obviously you've, you know, you, you're an author as well and you've written books like Portrait of an Idiot as a Young Man. So I'm thinking... Have you got things like that in your back pages, like failed ideas for books and stuff like that? I've got, I mean, I've got I, I, so many failed ideas. I mean, most ideas fail. That's that's the yeah. starting point. They uh, they absolutely do. When, when you know, you said, do you want to do this? And I, I thought, I thought, well, I'll just have a quick look through my old notebooks and see what there is. I didn't even get past page one because there were 20 failed ideas on, on like the first page. I mean, so I've written, you know, I've just got a list here. I mean, Go you said on. sort of pick four or five, but I was going, well, I've got 11 and I barely touched the sun. This is awesome. This is what I, I mean. Love. I mean, I've got a sentence, right, that I wrote down the phrase, um, <laughs> horse foreman of the apocalypse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Let's unpack that, shall we? <laughs> I mean, I think we should, yeah. So not the four horsemen, the no, horse foreman. No, a horse foreman who, you know, is the foreman of a factory who's yeah. got a throat issue. <laughs> but but the apocalypse has arrived. I don't know what that is, really. But I just kind of liked it. <laughs> the the wordplay is so dis, dis delightful, isn't it? I was thinking something different. Like it was you were were um, anthropomorphizing Pixar style horses. Yeah. And it, and and it, and and there's like the the sort of boss horse is taking the horses into the apocalypse. You know, to sort of do the last fight. Yeah. And, but and he's that's got what a sore, the story is about. COVID. So and he's got COVID. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It all, it all so that's the. The horse, horse form of the, form of the So this happens a lot, though, doesn't it? Where you yeah. just you think that's a great phrase. I'll do something with that. But yeah, there it's of course not because it is just a phrase, right? There's another. I mean, it would collapse under its own weight really fast. <laughs> I think if I tried to do that. But it's and, and uh, I woke up so in like um, many of us, you know, you have an idea in in not quite the dead of sleep, but just on the cusp. You know, yeah. the, the, yes. the, the falling off the curb moment, you know, kicks like a sleep twitch, as editors might say. Right. And that moment, right, when you have an idea and you write it down, you think, I've got to write this down because I won't remember it in the morning. So I'm going to write this down now on my phone. I reach over, bathe my face in the glow of the screen just before I nod off. And I'm going to write down what I think is possibly the best idea anybody has ever had, let alone me. Right. So I did this not long ago. Okay. And I, and I went to sleep secure in the knowledge that in the morning, the creativity would flow from what I had written down and I would have an excellent day of, of turning this into a reality. I woke up in the morning uh, and I picked up my phone, having completely forgotten I'd done this, of course. And I looked at my phone and it was open still on the notes page and it just said, milky arm. <laughs> oh, the, the scales have fallen. 
That's the Netflix drama of 2024, isn't it? Milky Arm. Milky Arm. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming soon. Yeah. I'll You've got no, that... no memory whatsoever of what that might whatsoever. pertain to. But I obviously thought that would jog my memory enough to, to, to come up with the Milky Arm thing. Li- li- listeners, this is the, the next part of this podcast now. You have to go away and you have to come up with the backstory for Milky Arm. He's yeah. like the Milky Bar kid. I don't know what it is. It re- you, you, that's like a really shite version of Paul McCartney the first time that he smoked <laughs> weed, isn't it? And he, he sort of, uh, he thinks that he's seen the face of God and, and he understands yeah. the, the meaning of life. And, and he did exactly the same thing. He was in a hotel in New York and he wrote something down, fell asleep. And then when he woke up, he, he'd seen he'd written there, there are seven levels. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. It's a bit disappointing. I thought it was going to be more than that. So that's good. So Milky Arm. We've yeah, got, Milky Arm. Th- that's great. And um, I mean, again, literally, the listeners can start to, together, you see, we might yeah. be able to create. It's, it, is, it is like a sort of um, Rodgers and Hammerstein, isn't it? You start, you come yeah. up with a couple of chords, then we come up with a lyric and away we go. Away um, we go, and we all get rich. I did pit- another idea that I had once, which I genuinely pitched to Radio Four, and I thought this would work really well. Not a million miles away from what the magic you're creating here, right? So I had this idea called Nope Pad, Ooh. right? And the idea was was that you would get a bunch of comedians or whatever, um, all of whom had notes like Milky Arm on their <laughs> phones, right? But then you 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 would literally create the sketches out of them, yeah. so you'd hear the discussion process, and then in the end you would you would perform them. The sketch of Milky Arm would be written in in you know in, in or before your very eyes or ears, and then performed on Radio Four. So so it's it's a comedian's notes, Good. but we turn them into sketches. So you know that's an idea that I'll plate spin. That's uh, great though. So, I actually like you know, that. I mean, you it, could host that. I, see, we could do this. Like you know, I'm so, free, I, as John Inman you know. might say. So uh, <laughs> th- 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 this is a question, really, I guess, for you, John, because you you you, you when you again when you look at what you've done. <laughs> look at what you've done. I bet you heard that a lot when you were a kid. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> look what you've done. It's usually usually the word now is on the end of it. <laughs> what has he done now? But you know, it, you've done a lot. I mean, and I've forgotten how. I mean, I've been you've been a colleague of mine on and off for so many years. And it, people like you and bloody Christian O'Connell have always been the bane of my life because it's like, oh, off to the Sonys again, are you? Yeah, give up my regards. Yeah, drink some champagne for me, will you? Yeah. But you know, I mean, you. But you've spent a, a considerable amount of time. It feels like to me, either pitching ideas to commissioner type people, or you know, begging not to be sacked. It, that's how it feels like to me. Because yeah. you, you, you are. You've lived on the edge for so long, haven't you? We've talked about it before. But do do you share that that frustration that a lot of creative people have, where they trying to get past the gatekeepers is with your yeah. idea is very difficult. Totally. Yeah, it is. It's it's the biggest. Um, it's the biggest hurdle, and, and it's none of it's your fault either. I mean, you, you know, your idea might be shit, that's fair. But a lot of the time, the things that happen, it is luck. It's all luck. Yeah. And it and it's you know, people like we were just talking about with Bob Shannon. You know, people like it. People then just leave the job. And the new person sort of go, well, who are you? And that's someone else's idea. I'm yeah. not doing that. I mean, I've had things decommissioned where it was going to happen. And then a new person, they've left. A new person's gone, no, that was their idea. Yes. But, yeah, but you've commissioned it. No, they did. That's not right. No, we haven't. Why? Go, Hang on a minute. I have this to is make literally my livelihood. I have to make my mark on this on this station, and I'm gonna do. De- yeah. It's like a power plant, isn't it? When you get an, an idea decommissioned, it sounds like Sizewell B or something. Yeah. 
Indigo with the fucking screwdrivers. Um, Taking all apart. Hit, hit us again. Just keep hitting us with the stuff that the gold that's in them thy hills that is your notebooks. I just want right, to hear. Right, I can I can share with you. Um, uh, well, uh, this is another phrase. While I was sort of looking through phrases, I've got you'll you'll appreciate this one from for on different levels, Sean. But I've got the phrase "the spy who came in from Liz Kershaw" written down. <laughs> That's got that's got legs, hasn't that's, it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's got many it's got many things, <laughs> legs included. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what this was. I, I was trying. To, I was like, why have I got that in? My, and I think I used to do a quiz on Six Music called Ken Bruce Master, that's right? right. Yeah. Which was a which was a, a piss take of Pop Master, but all of the questions were about Ken Bruce, <laughs> and I used idea. to get pop stars to play it. Right, so, that, so instead of doing interviews, we'd get you know meatloaf or whatever to play Ken Bruce Master. That's such a good idea. Okay, um, uh, and I remember a particularly brilliant one was Sam from Get Cape Wear Cape, right? Yeah. Was on, and it was while he still had a, a day job in Halfords, and he was he was on <laughs> playing this from the storeroom of Halfords because he had this album to promote, but he still worked in Halfords. <laughs> he was playing this. Game. So that is a, that is multi-level brilliant radio, isn't it? Because you, oh, I, I, so I, funny. I do love those things when you you, you know you. you because it's funny now, isn't it? Like when we were kids, rock stars were untouchable multimillionaires who had Surrey mansions. And now people who yeah. we consider rock stars and we play their music all the time probably do have to have day jobs in fucking Halfords to yeah. make ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think he has now, but back no. then, you know, starting no. off, Six Music was championing the fellow, championing the fellow, you know, and it was, it was great. But the quiz was, I think the, the, the answers were all to do with... Um, we're all just radio jokes, right? So I think it was probably something to do with, um, you know, have you, you know, the the film, I don't know, um, uh, the uh, Christ, I don't know. It must have been some Bond film or something. Yeah, in the news. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, and it was sort of Ken Bruce way of doing it. But one of the ABC answers, I think, was the Spy Who Came. You know, what are the radio-based spy <laughs> films? You know, la la la. And I think the Spy Who Came In from Liz Gershaw was one of the answers to that. I think that's what it was. I, I love it. I mean, <laughs> we we've got to talk about things like your about 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 the skewer because that's back as well uh it returns mm. in april radio 4 you do a lot of excellent work with radio 4 which is great tell us a little bit about where it all began for you that sort of the idea of the audio non sequitur and you you know the repurposing of audio um and, and you know that sort of because i guess chris morris is our sort of forefather in a lot of these things isn't he but maybe it goes further back than that i don't know yeah i mean it sort of in a way it does i mean chris was our um you, you know, you're right. When we were sort of, you know, tiny entertainers in the comedy womb or something, he was like, you know, we suckled, we suckled at Morris, um, and <laughs> and sort of hoovered him up. And and I, you know, obviously everyone's got influences, and you know, I, I, I that is, it's fair to say that he was. But before that, Kenny Everett, of course, you know, and yes. I came very late to the Kenny Everett world. I came to him through television when he did the TV stuff as a kid. And only later did I find out he was doing the radio. Yeah. I didn't even know, you know. And, and then since you go, and then I sort of found out he was doing stuff with tape fiddling and everything else. Uh, and Victor Lewis Smith, I think. Um, and in Chris Morris's early days, he was copying a lot of Victor Lewis Smith. They fell out, I think, because Chris was sort of in the same territory. Um, 
so there's a, there's a hugely long tradition of, of, of this stuff, I think. And, and but the, I'm just I'm just an audio geek, right? I've got a you know my that's hence radio, right? That's I you know people go, well, well, yeah. well you should be on the telly. Well, no, because a no one wants me on the telly, and b you know I did that once, and I didn't like it nearly as much as radio. I liked the fact that it paid more, but I didn't like the process as much as I like the creativity of radio. And as I've just no. been, I've always been a sound geek, so it's all part of that, I guess, really. And the skewer, yeah, it's just about you know. A, what we sort of tend to say is it's a concept album made of news because it just mixes the news into music and pop culture and films and TV and all the rest of it. You know, for anyone who hasn't heard it, the example being, and I often give this example because it it, it sort of sums up what we can do, is um, we we got Matt Hancock, then health secretary, uh, taking the NHS to the repair shop where he... So you cut up an interview with Matt Hancock with some of the repair shop and there he is in the repair shop with the NHS because it's broken and he can't fix it. So that you know, it's that sort of level of playing with audio. And does he does he does he cry at the end like everybody does? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, we do have they, that uh, famous audio of Matt, don't we? You know, when he sort of yeah. does that crocodile tear thing on oh, GMTV yeah. or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, it's such an awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we're living we've through used ex- that. Yeah. We're living through extraordinary times, aren't we? Oh, we don't. And we don't. well, I've got a satirist like you. I, I should ask that. Is it? Because I remember, especially during the Trump administration, a lot of people who did your your job were saying it's fucked, it, it's over, it, it, we've gone, it's it's un- unsatirable. If that, I mean, that's not a word. It, you know, you can't take the mick out of this stuff because it's gone so far. It does feel as though news is eating itself in in ways that it is like you're watching the day to day, but you're actually watching the news. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I don't uh, hold that view at all. I think people do have said that, and and it's it's evident, evidently not true because people yeah. are still doing. It. In fact, it's more so now because people are doing it online. You know, you've got brilliant comedians yes. um, like Alistair Beckett King and Rosie Holt. Uh, you yeah. know, doing this stuff on Twitter. You know, that is now a broadcast platform for comics. That's true. You know, yeah. and getting okay. It, it, I don't know how they're going to monetize it necessarily, but you know, it's getting them followers, and it and it's sort of working. They're finding their audiences, and I think what's happened is, it, 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 in, it, and as we're finding, you know, in the world of podcasting, it's it's fracturing, but people are latching on to to pay for what they want. Yeah, you know, Patreon and all that stuff is is you know could it be the next big thing probably yeah, yeah. i saw that article about you i know in the times and you and you you know even i'm doing it of, <laughs> i mean it's but, it's, of- but it's true isn't it but that's how it's i think you know i think it's probably pretty accurate because the 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 general the next generation we keep being told you know don't listen to to the radio yeah. particularly it's all they, they like audio but they're not finding it on the on the on the radio not on linear radio no. anyway it's all it's all you know all in the in the audio space isn't in it the audio that's, space that's is what thing. it is yeah. yeah i mean let's go back to you and your notes and like i mean you're you, you're a, a, a multi-decorated bloody bloody you can you can hear the um the sort of ire in my voice can't you i'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to kick it through my throat this phrase but you're a multi-decorated uh travel journalist as well now you've been working for the sunday times doing all you've been all over the bloody world for them you've picked up a I lot have. of awards for that is that another place where because I, rem- I remember when i used to get out of the house and sometimes i would go abroad and uh you know before i had kids and uh, i'd go with my friends and maybe we'd go traveling for a little bit the notebook was supremely uh important because you, yeah. you I, I i would always write down every silly thing that happened or every stupid idea that i had is that something that you do when you're on your travel totally as well? yeah my rule from for travel writing is um 
don't get bogged down in writing about it when you're there because you need to be soaking it up right and so yeah. but I, my my rule is i will I, I will fill notebooks and i and they are notebooks i don't use my phone for that particularly it will be notebooks and i'll because it makes me feel a bit like hemingway or something <laughs> so in yeah. some sort of poncy way and um <laughs> and then i'll um leave you uh, always leave wherever it is whatever you're doing but leave with the first sentence of the piece written oh, uh, and if okay. you've got that then the rest the rest should flow i mean often it doesn't i mean there are things like that you know the things you go oh i'd really want to write about or experience or do that and of course pitching that to jaded editors is exactly the same you know i've got tons of ideas you know where you go volcano boarding in nicaragua i'd like to try that you know and uh, and they go well yeah but you, what <laughs> and they go well you get on a tin tray and you go down an active volcano don't you it's, uh, it's a thing is it a thing well no it's not a thing but i mean it could be a thing it is a thing there are some people who take you to do it and they go yeah but it, that's i don't think the readers of the sunday times are going to want to do that are they so uh, why why, we, why would we send you yeah well you know it's fine but the older i get the more reckless i've become i don't know whether it's because i've got also got kids and and whether or not you'd think it'd be the other way around wouldn't yeah. you? you'd be like don't don't go and jump you know don't don't go skydiving don't yeah. go and crocodile hunting in papua new guinea john what are you doing that for and you go well because because i'll, I'll go anywhere to get away from my kids for a bit that's why <laughs> It's so true. God, we love them. I mean, we love them more than life itself, and we die for them. But Jesus Christ, you just want to get out of the house sometimes, don't you? Yeah. You'll do anything to do it. Crocodile will, hunting, yeah. you say? Absolutely, yeah. sign me up for it. Volcano I'll diving. Tell you what, the the noise the noise that crocodiles make when when they get speared through the head is something. <laughs> Have you actually that, experienced this? Then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Papua New Guinea, right? In the like, because Papua New Guinea is really weird. So it's 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 full of uncontacted tribe. It was the center of Papua New Guinea was only discovered, if that's the right word, in like the thirties. There's no modern anything there. It's like proper go back in time stuff. And I went on a trip uh, up a up a river to go and see some tribes with a guide, and it's a lawless country. I mean, they, they're they're, they're headhunters as well. They you know they they still live by these tribal wow. rules and they battle rival tribes and for land and all this kind of stuff. And and yeah, we went up river middle of nowhere um, f- for days, and then eventually you know we could have got with this tribe and and and, and then they took me crocodile hunting in a in a dugout canoe made from a tree. And and they, they, I'm sitting in this canoe with these guys, and they they've got you know home what rudimentary spears that they've made because that's what they used to hunt with, and and they they just spear it through the skull and drag Jesus it into the boat. Wept. So I've got a crocodile in the boat with me. It's like that's... and they sit on it and tape it, sort of tie its mouth up with twine and stuff. So, that, uh, because, so... And they skin it and then eat it and sell the sell the the hide. You... To... It's mad. This is the thing that people don't realise about you. You're essentially Bruce Bruce Parry. You know, you, you, without you know, sort of by accident. You know, people think you might you might mention your name, John Holmes. So he's the he's the sort of guy who's a bit rude on the radio sometimes. No, he's not. He's the he's the next Bruce Parry, ladies and gentlemen. He's going up <laughs> up river in Papua New Guinea and sitting astride a a dead crocodile. You know, the, the, no, no, what? Never mind. No Wi-Fi. Um, so uh, do, do, before we before we have to alight, let's. I just want you to roll the decks through some riffle through some more yeah. of your piffle for us because it's okay. I've got a good. I've got you like this right now. I think there's something in this. Okay, and it hasn't happened yet. I once worked with Andy McNabb, right? You know, off of yeah. Bravo Two Zero SAS, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I got him as a guest on some something I was working on years ago, and I had an idea. Um, 
called because <laughs> it's Andy McNabb called Andy McNabb's comfort zone. Right, that's what I've written. That's what I've got. And it and it just says here. It says Andy McNabb tries yoga, fish nibbling on his feet, and mindfulness. <laughs> Just completely reversing the polarity on on the guy's public I haven't, I haven't persona. Really passed him. <laughs> I bet he'd like that, wouldn't he? That, I mean, if he's listening to this, Andy, call me. Oh, because it reminds me a little bit of you know, if you if you put Channel Five on at any time, you you will see it will be something like um, Sandy Toxvig goes orienteering with uh, you, you, you know, big. sort of uh, Andy, uh, not but not Andy McNabb, but this is the kind yeah. of thing he should be doing. Yeah, in yeah. his Reverse the polarity, as you say. That's, That's exactly right. Idea. Andy McNabb tries some quite off-brand stuff. <laughs> so that would then mean that we would have to take somebody uh, extremely, like, like for, for instance, somebody you've worked with, Miranda Hart. We could send Miranda Hart into the heart of darkness. Yes. Um, you know, she could she could recreate that sort of Francis Ford Coppola. Um, oh, nice. Uh, you, you know, that sort of Marlon Brando journey into the heart totally of darkness. I can totally see Miranda, Miranda's, Miranda Heart of Darkness yeah. has got legs, right? And you know that the iconic <laughs> scene of um, of Brando coming out of the, the water? Yeah, slowly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want I want Miranda Hart doing that with her face that she's the oh. comedy face and then like <laughs> slipping on a on a log or something and then falling into the water That's and right. then there's canned laughter that fades up yeah shouting such fun as she does so such yeah fun. it's gold this it really it's is you see we're onto something and and uh, uh, so great I mean and you've uh, this is the thing you see you you're, you're such a, a a radio journeyman do you think that was it fun doing that with Miranda on Radio 2? Because it seems like a funny... On the page, it seems an unusual match, but did it kind of work? It, well, it, it was weird. That was a weird experience. And the reason it was weird was we, we got asked to do it. Uh, I think really what Radio 2 wanted Miranda Hart on because she was you know height of sitcom powers at the time. And they knew I knew her. So they sort of knew I could... Yeah, they sort of begrudgingly went. Can we get Miranda Hart ready to? Do you want to be on it? Do you want to do it as well? Yeah, okay. You know, you know yeah. that sort. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. Okay, I see. Sit in the corner, don't um, say much. All right, press that's the right. Yes, yeah. 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 You just do that because you do the. You, she, you do the desk and yeah. that, but it's really you know. But but it, it was fine, and we did. We sat in. Uh, we did evenings for a bit at first, weekday evenings, and it went really well and got really well reviewed, and because it, it was just us just sharing stupid stories right yeah. and just playing good music and all that um and and being just quite open and honest about life yeah. and it went really well and then they said um do you want to sit in for chris evans on breakfast uh, you know and you go wait wait the radio two breakfast show's coming calling yeah, you're not going to say no are you? you're going to go yeah we'll do that um but it, it, uh, let's just say that didn't go down so well because i think it was it's always difficult, isn't it? If you're sitting in for a presenter, I've sat in for you before, and no. you're, you know your listeners mostly hated that. So you know, so why are you in? You're shit. Why are you in? Where's Sean? Very you're territorial, shit. aren't they? Yeah. All that stuff. So you know, I got the Chris Evans mob yeah. uh, who just didn't like it. Yeah. Fair enough, but it, it got quite, um, and it really it, it was it was sort of directed against Miranda because she's the famous yeah. one, right? So she sort of got it a bit more in the neck, I think. Um, and it, it just it just didn't go very well at all. And then we got asked to do some Christmas specials and all that kind of stuff. And then it just sort of stopped. Um, but it's it's it just shows you how fickle and how interesting radio is. In that what we were doing in the evening that really worked yeah. did not work at breakfast it's for whatever so, reason. It, it is and so weird how it's te- it's it, it's uh, it depends entirely on the context. And it it reminds me I've got PTSD actually of uh, XFM twenty years ago. And my big break that Andrew Phillips gave to me. God love Andrew Phillips. He did give me mm-hmm. my initial break in radio. He was like, because uh, I was doing overnights, 
I want you to... Zane Lowe is going to be away for two months in New Zealand, and I want you and Lauren Laverne to do his show for two months. This could be your big break, Sean. This is your big break, mate. <laughs> 6 till 8 p.m. It's a really great slot. And I was, like, well revved up for it. And we went in, and we did the first show, Lauren and I. And yep. Lauren's just great, as always. I, I was completely overawed. I, can st- I still, after 20 years in the biz, get overawed in, in very easily. Didn't really say much, and when I did pipe up, I, I, I basically garbled. And um, but it was my first ever go, you know. We yeah. came off. We went into Andrew's uh, office, and he, he basically said, "Didn't work very well, did it, Sean?" Uh, and bear in mind, he had another two months to do, and I, he was like, yeah, "From now on, I think if you just let Lauren do most of the talking and you just press the buttons, it's probably the best way it should go." I was like, "Well, thank you for oh taking the God. doors off my confidence for the next eighteen months, <laughs> <Yeah>. you bastard." <laughs> I've since forgiven him, of course. I've just yeah. got another one here. Miranda Heart of Darkness, where yeah. we put her in the band The Darkness. This is so excellent, but good. but but so. up but up river somewhere. Yeah, so yes. she travels with the darkness, with the darkness, up the Amazon in Vietnam, that's right. somewhere. In, yeah, definitely that. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so that's great. Yeah. So well, well, let's bring this symposium of, of silliness to a close with uh, with another, with just a final flurry from the notebook. So what, 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 right, final flurry. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with. Um, I mean, it's just stop me when you want me to elaborate. <laughs> really, uh, I'm gonna t- I can tell you about um, an idea for an app I had. Oh yeah. Um, if you like, Millions that's one thing. This. I could tell you that. Um, I could do. I, I've got an idea for a battle of the bands, which uh, sounds normal, but it isn't. Uh, fairy tales of the unexpected was an, another idea. Um, <laughs> what? I mean, what? So what? Do, what do we? Tell me about the app because I think there's money in this. I'll tell you about the app. I think there is. Well, well, there was. I didn't. I didn't jump in at the right oh. time. In fact, because it exists now and okay. it didn't at the time. See? You see. So it all stemmed. I was in rural Spain years mm. ago. This was right, uh, and I was in one of those parts of of a country which doesn't speak any English, which is the best part, mm. right? And you've got to muddle through. And my Spanish not good. So I'm there and I'm presented with a menu. Okay, I'm with sort of uh, four friends. Um, and I'm presenting with the menu for lunch in a, in a tiny little roadside restaurant um, in the baking sun. You know, it was right in the heart of southern Spain. And and I was sort of... We, we had um, the... Um, uh, a, a, a translation, a book, a translated okay. book, a dictionary, a, you yeah. know, a foreign language dictionary <laughs> thing. Well, I forgot what it was called there. Uh, a a language book. Couldn't find the word for dictionary then. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was doing a rough translation of the menu, right? And we could kind of work out what was going on. Everyone, and, you know, people were going, right, I want that. I'm going to have that. I think that's steak. I'm going to have that. And I translated something on the menu uh, and, it, and, it, and it said bacon of heaven in the English version of it, right? And I was like, Oh my god! So it's probably some sort of gammon steak, right? But I like bacon, and I, you know, I'm probably a big fan of heaven. Uh, but imagine what bacon of heaven can be. What is this going to be? It's going to be like amazing. I'll, I'll have that. I'll have it. And so the, the waiter, when I sort of pointed at it, sort of gave me a side oh, eye, um, and uh, and 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 off he went. And uh, fine. And then out came the food, and uh, everyone got their steak and frites and all the rest of it. Um, and Spanish omelettes, uh, and I got for my main course bacon of heaven, which was creme brulee. <laughs> okay, that's not <laughs> so, that was unexpected, wasn't it? It was unexpected. Yeah, I was not expecting the translation of Spanish creme brulee <laughs> to bacon of heaven. But I, at that point, thought what there should be is something on your phone that you could hover over a menu and it will translate, or anything, and it would translate it for you in real time to save me looking it up in a book. And I thought, I need to do something with that. 
and and I didn't. But now, of course, that thing exists. And well, I'm sure has made a lot of money for someone. Well, but. I mean, but in a sense, what you're really saying there is, I, I, I just need to advance the state of artificial intelligence in the world so that this is possible on my phone. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a small beer, really. Exactly. I mean, you know, that, don't bother me with the details. <laughs> just just do the fucking translation on the phone app. Yeah. Uh, make yeah. me, you know, pour the money into a skip in my front gar- garden. Um, well, I mean, so, yeah. it, it, as I said before, it's a fecund and endless well of creativity. And, and like with most of our guests, I think we could just kind of have them reverse in and out of the cul-de-sac on a regular basis and oh, tip yeah. more ideas I've in. I've got so much more, Sean, <laughs> if you, you know, at some point... Like, this is it. We've got too much. We've got too much to we do. We didn't even talk about the new adventures of Jesus, and that—that's uh... <laughs> go on. You've got that's all you need. What yeah, more do you need? Well, my daughter years a couple of years ago, my daughter came home from school having done um, you know RE or whatever it is they do, and she said, "Oh, it's the worst lesson, Dad. It's so boring." She was about five at the time. She's eight now, so three. Uh, she said, oh, "They're so boring." You know, oh, it's just the same thing. We did it every year, right? Because yeah, nearly Easter, we just—it's the same story. Right? Why aren't there any new adventures of Jesus? And I was like, bing! That is great. That is so good. And I good. genuinely went to a publisher with that idea. And they sort of went, yeah, yeah, but what is it? And I was like, well, it's a sort of children's Bible spoof, isn't it? With Jesus does modern things, you know. And and it's still, I mean, I still spin it as a plate in the vague back the, of my mind, but I haven't done anything with it. You but. have my support. And what you can, if you want, if it helps, uh, an idea I've always carried around this time of year um, at the end of another long winter in Great Britain and the first bit of sun on our back and the, the, the mercury creeps above 20 degrees Celsius for the first time, right? Um, uh, that Easter weekend, uh, you're in the b- pub beer garden and you, you look around and it's, it's, it's lovely weather. People have got T-shirts on for the first time and Jesus arrives and he turns water into Peroni. <laughs> That's what he does. He turns water is. into Peroni at Easter yeah. time. So yeah. that, that could be part of the new adventures of Jesus with John <laughs> Holmes. Um, of course, the skewer is back. Series six returns April the 6th, which seems about right. Uh, if you've not yet listened to it, you see, there's, there's a lot more to go. You can listen to the other five seasons there as well. All on BBC Sounds. It's so brilliant. But um, I'm sure you'll be back again. Thank you so much for giving us your time, your notebooks, and riffling through the piffle with us on the cul-de-sac today. Mr. John Holmes. Oh, Thanks, Sean. That was great. I enjoyed that very much. Well, that was something special, wasn't it, from John Holmes? Um, Fount of... um almost unlimited amount of comic uh, that twisted and brilliant comic ideas perfect for Sean Keaton's creative cul-de-sac I'm sitting on a bed in my childhood bedroom I've got three kids two and about downstairs my own and my parents and my wife trying to corral them um, walking about going shh your dad's trying to work so um, and I'm recording this on a, some weird iPhone app so sounds a bit shy that's why um and it is quite <clears throat> touching actually it's quite evocative and um nostalgic me looking out of this bedroom window because i remember sitting at this exact angle in 1983 on the first night that we spent here um 39 years ago 
But that's getting us absolutely nowhere as far as winding up today's Sean Keevey's creative cul-de-sac is concerned. I'm going to finish with a couple of your ideas for the, you know, the, the ideas that you've been incubating for years but have gone absolutely nowhere. Let's just have a look at some of these that have come in. Alan Greening sends me this. What about this for an idea, Sean? You are being served. People have, so I guess a play on 70s um, camp comedy, Are You Being Served?, People have papers issued to notify them that they are a defendant in a civil lawsuit by ex-cast members of Are You Being Served? These are done in an amusing way, incorporating catchphrases from the show and people's reactions to filmed hilarity ensues. Addendum, it turns out that most of the cast have been dead for ages. Suggest Graham Norton, BBC, or Tom Allen, Dave, Channel 4 as the John Inman, and the women from Birds of a Feather as the women in characters. There was probably a character that Danny Dyer could do, this might be wildly confusing, but it's still good. I don't know if we get away with that, but it's... I love you are being served, and ex-cast members of are you being served serving papers to people. That is a good idea. Alan sent a fair few, actually. Uh, including something called Listen With Mothers, M-U-T-H-A-S. Alan seems even older than I am. Is that, that would you prefer to say, Alan? Got some cracking... Um, Ancient cultural references, though, that we very much like to hear on the cul-de-sac. Um, Pip Williams says, uh, TV show idea, me and the boys, Elwin and Sully, came up with whilst walking back from school. Rock, paper, diggers. It's a cross between Scrappy Challenge and Robot Wars. Two kids get to customise those. One person diggers they used to tear up the pavement, put armour on it or go faster stripes or whatever, and then get in them and smash the shite out of each other like Ripley at the end of Aliens. That's excellent. Jack Baxter simply says, picture this, Sean, a Sunday roast around your old girl's house. She's literally just, we've literally just finished Sunday roast. This couldn't be more appropriate timing-wise, Jack. <coughs> She's made a fresh boat of the brown stuff. We've literally just experienced that. And has handed it over the dining table. Where do you grab it without scolding your hand? It's a shite mare. My idea solves that. Simply put two handles, either end of the receptacle and a spout in the middle. Hey presto, you've solved a problem as old as time. The double-handed gravy boat is a brilliant idea. Don't, don't come back at me now and tell me it already exists. And it's in the basement of John Lewis, Oxford Street. Just let me and Jack have our moment in the sun. Just let me and Jack have our moment in the sun. So there's some great ones there, I'm sure you'll agree. And a couple more, actually, these are also Alan Greening's ideas, but I think quite strong. Um, I think a couple of ideas for Netflix dramas here. One called Nelson's Gollum. Uh, our greatest living naval hero has a golem only he conceives trying to ruin his plans. Each week focuses on a famous victory in a battle, and we see how it's snatched from the jaws of defeat by a series of comical mishaps caused by the manifestation of a golem. Bonus, it ties in with Lord of the Rings nerds, possibly an Amazon spin-off. Superb. Very strong. But nothing as good as this. Love joy, the next generation. This one writes itself, says Alan, seek funding from the Norfolk Tourist Board. I've got an awful creeping sensation that a lot of you aren't taking this part of the programming as seriously as I would like. However, now you've mentioned it, I'm just beginning to wonder now. Lovejoy, the next generation, is that Ian McShane's son in bric-a-brac shops in Norfolk, or is it Ian McShane himself on the deck of the Starship Enterprise or some other spaceship on the other side of the galaxy? Either way, I'm in. 
Um, so thanks. Real very healthy crop from Alan there, as far as ridiculous, um, unmakeable television dramas and comedies. Um, if you've got any ideas, maybe even serious ones, you know, um, please send them to Sean's Creative Cul-de-Sac at gmail.com and we'll see if we can pop them at the end of the next cul-de-sac podcast. As far as I'm concerned, I'm off downstairs to see if there's any chicken left. I'll dip it in the gravy boat, the one, one-handled one gravy boat, my ad. And I'll see you next week for another Sean Keefney's Creative Cul-de-Sac. Kill the music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.